0: Hey, friends, welcome to the Courage Queen podcast. Do you want to have more confidence and courage in your life? Do you often question if you're on the right path? Maybe you're hoping somebody drops off a step by step guide for success. Do you wake up ambitious and hopeful, but become fearful and frustrated not knowing where to begin? Another year has gone by and you feel like nothing has changed. Trust me, I've been there. I'm Justine, and like many of you, I'm a young professional with big dreams. I often felt unworthy and incapable, wishing I had the clarity and the peace in the unknown. I wanted to be confident in my abilities and live life with more impact, but I kept fearing I wasn't living out my full potential. It wasn't until I started trusting God, pressing into life's hard moments, I was standing in the way of my breakthrough. And in this podcast, you're going to find ways to increase your confidence, grow your faith, and simply fear less. The good news is you're here, and Courage Starts with Showing Up. Happy Monday, Courage Queen podcast listeners. I'm back with another episode this week. This topic is not the one that I thought I would be sharing with you. And so just like what always happens, (laughs) I'm like, okay, God, what do you want me to share? And sometimes he just throws something in from left field. And I'm like, okay, I'm not quite sure where you're going with this, but we're just going to trust that this is a message that we need to hear. And so as I was preparing for this, the Lord kind of impressed upon me that we were supposed to be talking about Luke 24. And for those of you that don't know Luke 24, it's the resurrected Jesus. So it's actually telling the story of the resurrection. And it's when the women followers of Jesus discover that the tomb is empty. So I'm going to read a little passage from this that says, now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and the certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord. So first things first, these women and certain other women that it talks about are of special note. It refers to the women of Galilee who saw Jesus be put in the tomb originally, which it talks about back in Luke 23. And Luke also agrees with the book of Mark and the book of Matthew, where they talk about how Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, um, were among those women. And then they also talk about Joanna and others that are unnamed that are also with them. So these women came first by truly a wonderful providence before the apostles even got there. And we're trying to confute the impudent lie made by the priest that the disciples had stolen the body away from the tomb. And these women come to the tomb bringing the spices that they have already prepared. And they're going to give a proper burial. And, you know, that was right after Jesus' death. And it tells in Mark about how the women discuss the problem of what to do with the heavy stone that was blocking the entrance of the tomb and they were trying to troubleshoot and imagine their surprise when they find that the stone was rolled away from the tomb and that they went in and that the body was not there. And that is one of the most incredible lines I think in this entire chapter is and I think that when they it says in the word they remembered his words. So that was truly the first notes of hope that were sounded in the hearts of these women when they remembered. They thought they had forgotten, but they remembered Jesus' words that the empty tomb and the presence of the angels could not change their hearts, but his words could change and give them hope in their hearts. And then the women tell the apostles, and they're not believed. <laughs> and so it says, they returned from the tomb and told, all of these things to the 11 apostles and to the rest. And basically, they're told that they don't know what they're talking about. (laughs) And despite all of their excitement about what they've just experienced and the proof of what they've just experienced, this testimony of the women was not believed. And for some reason, this really stood out to me, because how many times do we get ahead of God? See, the women had great intentions, but the problem was is that they still did not believe. They were surprised. They weren't expecting that Jesus wasn't going to be there. And they were getting ahead of God and saying, oh my gosh, what are we going to do with the stone? This is a huge problem. We're going to have to take care of this. Oh my, I can do it. I I can handle it. Yeah, we'll just, we'll come together. We'll figure out a way. Like I could just see them just going back and forth, you know, kind of stressed out, thinking about all the ways that they were going to get around this problem or this obstacle, and they're getting ahead of God before they even truly know what Jesus is about to do, truly. And how many times does that happen in our own life? You know, we have so much anxiety and so much fear about what we're going to do, how we're going to figure it out, how we're going to finish out our month for work, how we're going to hit a deadline in our job how we're going to be prepared in time for a big life transition. And we get ahead of God. We think that we have to do it all. We have to figure it all out. And we think that we have to do it without him. We say we trust him, but then our actions speak otherwise. It doesn't matter the intricate details of your situation as to whether or not you can believe without seeing it with your own eyes. And I think that that is what Jesus wanted them to know He wants to know from us the same today. Can we believe without seeing with our own eyes? Can we believe based on the reliable eyewitnesses and testimonies of other people that he's brought through similar circumstances? And we talked in these other episodes about why Jesus had to suffer, why we have to suffer. You know, we're so slow to believe so many times. And Jesus had told them that the problem with their belief was that it was more in their heart than their head. We often think that the main obstacle to belief is, is in our head, but it's actually in our heart. We flash forward in this story to later in these verses where Jesus is teaching the disciples and then he ascends into heaven. And he says to them, you know, he stands in the midst of them and says to them, peace to you. But they were terrified and frightened and honestly, probably freaked out. And he says to them, why are you troubled? Why do doubts arise in your hearts? They still didn't believe, you guys. And so he said to them, do you have any food here? And they gave him a piece of fish and honeycomb. And he seriously sat there and ate it in their presence. And the miraculous thing is that he appeared to the disciples in the midst of a closed room without making this obvious entrance to the entire world. But when he said peace to you, these words had a new meaning now because Jesus had risen from the dead. So that was the moment when true peace could come between God and man and among all of us. I think that they were just so marveled by the entire thing that they thought it was too good to be true. But in the same exact way, God wants for us a reasoned, thought-out faith. Not a easy believism. Jesus says to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they could comprehend the scriptures. And then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at jerusalem and you are witnesses of these things it was almost like jesus was saying to them like i told you so <laughs> kind of like reminding them all that had happened just as he prophesied and told them it would you know he was able to open their understanding that they could comprehend those scriptures and when he was able to breathe that type of confidence in them, they started to understand why it was necessary that he had to suffer, why it was a necessary part of his redemptive plan. So after his time with them for those 40 days, teaching them and helping build their confidence, he parted from them and was carried up to heaven. and. Jesus had to do this so that confidence would be put in the power of the ministry of the Holy Spirit, not in the geographical presence of Jesus himself. The disciples made a decision to start living that day, to worship him, and to praise him. And they returned to Jerusalem and wanted to tell every single person that they knew. And they were greatly obedient. They had great joy. Because they really believed at that point that Jesus had rose from the dead and they let the joy of that simple fact touch everything, overflow into every area of their life. And I think that if we truly believed that simple truth, we could live as public followers of Jesus that didn't hide our love or our worship towards him. You could have joy just because you believe. And when you see this work being done in other people, when other people see this work being done in you, it's the greatest representation of how much God loves us and helps to prune us like we are attached to the vine. And he's helping us produce the best fruit when we abide in him. That special word, abide. We have to abide in order for those things to happen. If not, we're trying to take control. We're trying to get ahead of him. We'll always end up stressed out, unwilling and unable to do all of the things that we want to do in our own strength because it's not possible without burning out, without breaking down. So the simple message today is remember his words. Is there something that he's spoken to you And even what he has spoken so many years ago to the disciples, do you have to see it to believe it? Or do you just believe it because of the character of who God is? Don't be like the disciples. And I mean that by saying, don't adopt their slowness to believe. In so much of the story that I just shared, the logical response to such a message and a, he's not there, he's risen from the dead is unbelief. Experience teaches that death wins. But we know that the message of the resurrection is that Jesus lives. These are very contradictory claims that are colliding, and it only makes sense to continue affirming what we already know. Unbelief doesn't mean that you believe nothing. Rather, it means that you believe something else. So when someone says, I don't believe it, because there is something else that they believe more strongly. So we're challenging our certainties. What is an old belief that needs to be dead? And what is a new belief in life that you can be choosing today? See, the tomb couldn't hold Jesus. And the idea that The one who died by crucifixion has now risen is so outrageous that it does make us wonder, like whether or not it could be true. Even the apostles, the people closest to Jesus, thought that it was nonsense because it seems obvious death was death. Yet the message was so outrageous that Peter had to go and take a look for himself because there was an inkling of what if it's true? The question that the angels asked that first Easter morning in the tomb was the question that inherently got to the heart of the issue, and it was faith. Why would the women expect Jesus to be there? The answer was pretty simple. They had not understood and believed the words of Jesus related to his resurrection. The call for faith started there. Before the women saw Jesus, they were expected to believe in his words. His promise was sufficient because his word never fails. And he fulfilled his word related to his resurrection. And hundreds of people validated and verified that he had risen from the dead. So for you and I today, it should be easy to believe. It's still essential that we believe. It's the starting point to our faith. So I just want to ask today, Lord, would you help us to believe in Jesus without doubt and without wavering? Would you help us to believe in Jesus with such confidence and conviction that like these disciples on that first Easter Sunday, we can't keep that belief to ourselves, that we have to go and tell other people that we have to live this life on earth so well because we know what's coming, because we have confidence, In the identity that we have in him. All right, you guys, I hope you have a great week.